Hey guys, it's Rachel, and today on the podcast, we're talking about anxiety. More specifically, how to deal with anxiety, what are some really tactical things that you can do in your life to help you navigate around it, and here's two things you should know right up front. Number one, I have struggled with anxiety for most of my adult life. So the information that I'm going to share is not stuff I've read in a book or did research online. These are real things that really helped me. The second thing that you should know is that this podcast was a request from y'all. I put out a poll on my Instagram and asked everyone there what they wanted to hear most on the podcast and overwhelmingly many of you asked me to tackle this topic. And it's something I've talked a lot about over the years and I've written about in my books. But honestly, if you think it's helpful, I am happy to keep having this conversation for as long as you need me to so that you get some ideas for how to deal with your stuff. That being said, if you find today's episode helpful, I would so appreciate if you would take a screenshot and share it on your social and tell people what it's about because maybe it helps them too. This episode, just like every other, is always free. And what is great for any podcast that you listen to is if you're willing to share it with others and get the word out. So here are all my thoughts about anxiety. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Let's go back and start with when anxiety began to show up for me because for some people, they can't remember a time when they weren't anxious. But for me, I really didn't begin to feel anxiety until I became a mom. And more specifically, I was a mother of two. So I had two kids at the time, and Jackson and Sawyer were little. I can't remember the exact age, but they were they were like in preschool. And I was working at my company. I had four or five employees at the time. I was running the blog. So back in those days, the Chic site was my business, and we would – put together blog ideas and like lifestyle photo shoots and we would partner with brands and that's how we made money. I was a working mom. I had these two little boys and I can look back in retrospect and understand with such clarity what was happening and why I started getting anxiety. But honestly, at the time, I had no idea. I would get through an entire day. And I don't know if you guys find that. It's almost like my body could function because it knew it had to. But the second that 
I wasn't running 100 million miles an hour. The second that I sort of did all the things I had to do, I got my work done, I got the, you know, got through dinner, got through bath time, got the kids in bed, then I would start to have crazy anxiety. And I remember I would be crying and self-medicating. I self-medicated with alcohol, vodka, wine. Some nights I would take a Benadryl when I did not have any allergies because I just wanted something to put me to sleep. I was doing all sorts of things to numb out. I would um, try and make myself feel feel better by eating. I, I made all sorts of terrible choices because I didn't know how to deal with it. At the time, my husband also didn't know how to deal with it. And so then I would have even more anxiety because my anxiety was making him feel bad because he didn't know how to fix me. And it was just so freaking crazy. And I knew that I was getting to the place where I was going to have to be put on medication. And the thing that I want to say right here is take your fucking meds. Yes, I'm going to cuss. If you need to be on medication, own it. Embrace it. Like, take your medicine. I am the biggest proponent of getting the help that you need and doing what you need to do so that you can feel better. I think you guys know this part of my story, but my older brother had severe depression and he was paranoid schizophrenic and he did not take his medicine and he is not here today because he didn't take his meds. So this is serious as a heart attack. Do what you need to do to take care of you. I knew that I was getting into a place where I was going to have to be put on medicine because I could not cope. I did not know how to cope with my life. And I didn't want to get there. I had had to take things in the past. Like um, I had had times where I, I needed to take something. Like I think it was Xanax. And it made like I am so I, I am so susceptible to anything. Like I don't know about you guys. Like I can't take cold medicine. I can't. I It makes me – I cannot function. I can't drive a car. I want to sleep for 100 hours. And I just knew – if it gets to that place, it's really going to impair the way that I was living my life at the time. And so I thought, okay, before it gets there, are there other things that I can do? So just going to reiterate this one more time. If you are on medication, if you need medication, freaking embrace it. But the tips that I'm going to give you right now are the things that I did to navigate around it. And if I got to a place in my life where I needed to take something, I would take it. But I have successfully navigated my anxiety for the last 10 years. And I've done it successfully. And so here are some things that you can do. And I hope that you will find them helpful. But I also want to make sure that you understand that this is what worked for me. And we're all different. What worked for me might not work for you. But I always hope that if I tell you guys how I got to a solution, that even if my solution doesn't work for you, maybe just hearing about the journey will encourage you to go on one of your own. This is in no particular order, just like a bunch of stuff that I can think of that helped me. The first thing 
please do not roll your eyes at this because it matters. I cannot tell you how many people I talk to about this tip and they're like, that's not a big deal. It is. The first thing that you need to ask yourself is how much caffeine and sugar are you taking into your body? For real. Like I was working so freaking hard. I was trying so hard. I'm an Enneagram three. I'm an achiever. I was trying to be all things to all people. I wanted to be the best mom ever. I wanted to be the best leader ever. I wanted to be the best blogger ever. I was trying to do all the things and I was getting myself to a false sense of energy with a lot of caffeine. It was a living off of coffee, espresso. I remember my office was across the street from a Starbucks and I loved it. I was over there all the time. They knew me when I walked in. I was tweaking out on so much caffeine. And here's why that matters. If you are prone to anxiety, it means that your nervous system is wired to that response. You go into a stressful situation, you're experiencing something, and your nervous system's like, oh, I know how to deal with this, anxiety. It's wired to have that response. So let me tell you really quickly, my anxiety felt like like my skin was crawling, like butterflies in my stomach, my palms are sweating. I feel like something bad is going to happen. I'm jittery, like, right? All of these things, that's what anxiety feels like to me. Interestingly enough, if I have enough espresso, my palms are sweaty. I feel jittery. My skin feels like it's crawling. I have too much energy inside my body. I'm, I'm hyper aware. I'm hyper alert. A bunch of caffeine and a bunch of sugar feels the same to my body as anxiety. And since my nervous system is wired to feel that way, I would just be like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm having an anxiety attack, and then I would. And it wasn't even a conscious thought. It was just something that happened. So be mindful of the fact that you are maybe unintentionally taking in things that are making you feel this way. I literally cannot express to you enough how many people I know who have given up caffeine and it has drastically changed the level of anxiety that they experience in a day. So start there. Be mindful of it. And I'll tell you, I still love coffee. I love it, but I'm really thoughtful about how it feels when I take it in, all that stuff. Okay, so that is my first thought on how to look at your life from 50,000 feet. Anytime that you are struggling with something in your life, you guys, I want you to take a step back. I want you to look at it from 50,000 feet. Like I want you to raise up above the problem, above your life, and see what's really going on. Oftentimes we – no, not even often. Most of the time – People treat the symptom, they don't treat the root cause. They don't treat what's really going on. They're like, oh, I'm feeling this way. I'm having this sensation. I'm having this problem. I will numb out. For me, I was like, I'm going to have a bunch of wine and that's going to make me at least less aware that I'm having an anxiety attack. So 
I was treating a symptom. I wasn't treating what was really going on. And it was incredibly powerful for me to teach myself to take a step back and look at what was really happening. And how that manifested for me with anxiety attacks was therapy. Y'all have heard me say it a million times, but I am the biggest proponent of therapy you're ever going to meet because the root causes of why I was having anxiety is not even something that I was aware of, and it was something that I had to work through with a therapist. I needed to talk to someone who wasn't emotionally connected to my pain. My husband at the time, like, loved me so much and so desperately wanted to fix me, but he had no idea how. And so it would make my anxiety worse because now I'm feeling anxious and now I'm feeling bad because he's also tripping out. And so going to a therapist was so powerful for me to talk to someone who was just solution-oriented, wanted to help me figure out what was really under there, like, okay, let's unpack this thing and figure out what's really going on. So going to a therapist, y'all, I cannot recommend it enough. I feel like it's never been easier than it is right now. Virtual therapy is the thing. Like y'all have heard, we have a partner that we talk about, BetterHelp. They're not paying me to say that. It's just a long time partner here on the podcast because I believe in therapy so much. And for so many people, the idea of going somewhere was overwhelming. So I love and have been promoting virtual therapy since long before there was a pandemic. So for what that's worth, dig into a conversation about what's really going on. Here's something that I can look back and see now that was going on that I didn't understand then. And I talked about this at the beginning of Girl Stop Apologizing. If you haven't checked out that book, you don't have to buy it, grab it from a library, but I discussed this a lot. And a huge part of my anxiety I can see in retrospect was because I was trying to be something I wasn't. I was trying to live into the ideals that my husband had for me, that my in-laws had for me, that my parents had for me, that other moms on social media had for me. I was desperately trying to please everybody. It had never even occurred to me to consider what do I want or what are my values or how do I want to show up in the world. A good example of this was I spent so much freaking time and energy throwing the most insane, elaborate birthday parties for my kids, which maybe seems so stupid. Like I, it sounds a little stupid to me as I talk to you about it now because I wasn't doing it because I enjoyed it. And I wasn't doing it because my one-year-old enjoyed He didn't freaking know. A one-year-old has no idea what's happening on his birthday. Maybe he'll look back and see pictures but he doesn't know. And here's the thing. If you're really into that, if you're really into like decorating, because I have girlfriends who are so into the birthday and they love it and they spend months doing Pinterest boards, freaking live that life. If you're into it, live it. All power to you. The thing was, I wasn't into it, but I wanted people to think that I was a good mom. And I got so much shit. I can say it now because I can say it now. I got so much shit from family. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. We'll just say family. I got so much shit from family about being a working mom. Like 
really harsh criticism about having childcare, about working, about why I wasn't going to be a stay-at-home mom. And it's not something I got once. It's feedback I got for years. And, you know, it's interesting now with the success that I've had in my career and my business, now everyone's very supportive, which is funny. Now everybody is like, oh, we always knew. We're so proud. I'm like, did you? This is a completely different segue here. But a lot of times people ask me, like, how did you convince, you know, your family or how did you convince other people that like this dream was right or what I wrote a best-selling book? It sounds so douchey, but that is the God's honest truth. Nobody believed in me until it was successful. And it was successful after a freaking decade of it not being successful. And suddenly when it worked, now everybody like loves the idea and is supportive of me and always knew and it like sucks, but it's the truth. You may never have the support of the people in your life until you prove yourself. I wish there was a better way, but that's the truth. And so the question becomes, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but stick with me for a minute. The question becomes, is it worth it to you? Is the dream worth it? Is the life that you want to have worth it? Is it is it powerful enough? Is the why important enough to you to keep going even without their support? Because do you want to know, like, the numb? if you've ever been with me at conference, you've probably heard me do this before. When women stand up and they're like, I'm, I'm really struggling with anxiety, I'm like, I'm, I, Always ask, who are you trying to please? Tell me right now in your life that you're trying to live up to their expectations, live up to the their ideals. Who, what kind of, what woman are you trying to be? What, what like beautiful Madonna, like, and I mean like the virgin mother, not like Madonna the singer. Like what is the ideal that you're trying to live into or convince people that you are worthy and enough of having the life that you want to have? Because that's where my anxiety stemmed from. I was trying so hard to please other people. And the thing is, when people have a certain opinion of you, you cannot perform your way to worth. You cannot perform your way to being enough. I know because I tried. I did everything that I could to please everyone around me, and it still wasn't enough. And so I found myself every day feeling like I was missing the mark, even though I was trying so freaking hard. And that's where the anxiety stemmed from. And I didn't understand it because I couldn't unpack it. And also, frankly, it never occurred to me to question their right to question my life. Let me say that again. It never occurred to me to question their right to question my life. I thought that if my mother-in-law disliked my choices or my husband disliked my choices, that that made me a bad person and that I better just hustle harder and I better just work more and I better just throw a bigger party or host a larger Thanksgiving or nail, you know, brining the turkey so that it looked great. And like, it's freaking crazy. But I didn't know better. 
And it's why I talk about this stuff now, because I know I am not the only person who deals with this. I know I am not the only person who had anxiety because I was trying so hard to please everyone around me that I could not keep up. I feel like my spirit was literally at war with who I was pretending to be. And every single day I would get up and I would try so hard to fit myself into the mold that someone else wanted for me and I just couldn't get there. And the freaking beauty, I'm 37 years old, and the beauty of getting older is that I have learned to let go of what other people think, even the people that love me the most. Because still to this day, I still get anxiety. It doesn't come up all the time, but it does pop up. And I will tell you 100% of the time, if I am having an anxiety attack, I can follow it down the rabbit hole and unpack where it came from. And it is always because on some level, I feel like other people are upset with me. Always. So... That was really powerful for me to understand, and it took a lot of time in therapy and a lot of self-reflection to get to that place. So I'm not saying that that's where your anxiety comes from, but it is worth asking yourself if it could be that for you. If I'm saying something in this conversation that's interesting or you want me to unpack even more, I want to make sure you know about our hotline. Like, for real, I have a hotline. Lots of people call into it. You can call and leave a voice message. And sometimes I turn them into podcasts. So, like, I'll play your question. If it's something where you're like, wait, explain to me how you got to that place, I want you to call 737-400-HOCO. That's 737-400-HOCO. That's a hotline. So you can call and leave me a message. Anyway, so... Ask yourself how much caffeine you're taking in. See a therapist. Look at your life from 40,000 feet. The other thing that I want you to consider, and this one's just for the ladies, but also if you're a dude and you are in a relationship with your lady, this could be a powerful thing for you to wonder about as well. What's going on with your hormones? My anxiety is so much more likely to flare up when I'm PMSing. Always, always, always. And I haven't still yet figured out how to navigate around that. But if I'm mindful of when that week is happening, I don't know if you guys ever do this, but like I swear for like a year, I was like every month I would be like the world's ending. Everything's hard. Why am I even trying? Like, you know, like I would freak out and then I'd get my period and I'd be like, oh, no, the world's not ending. You were just PMSing. And so it was really powerful for me. I Maybe this seems so dumb. You guys, you're like, well, obviously. But since I didn't realize what was happening, I assume I'm not the only one. And I just recommend that you pay attention to your hormones. Also, my favorite book to read about anxiety is called Feeling Good by David D. Burns. Feeling Good is the name of the book, and it talks about the idea that all of our feelings are based on our thoughts. All of your happy, sad, you know, angry, bitter, anxious, it doesn't matter what the feeling is, it's always, always a result of what you think. And if you can do the work to 
control and focus your mindset and your thoughts, then you can control your feelings. And if it's not something you've practiced before, that feels impossible. But I swear to you, I have spent the last decade working on this. And the person that I was 10 years ago truly can't even fathom the emotional and mental health that I experience today. So I want you to hear me say that this is something that you can work on. This is something that you can affect. I swear to you, I know, I know that an anxiety attack often feels like you are out of control, but I swear to you, you can get a handle on your feelings. So check out that book, Feeling Good by David D. Burns. Next thing, if I had a dollar for every person that I have gotten onto the supplement, I would have like a million dollars. So here it goes. If you have anxiety, I want you to check out something called holy basil leaf. Holy basil leaf. Like holy as in like, ah, like holy, H-O-L-Y. I first found out about this from a nutritionist maybe two years ago. Holy basil leaf is an adaptogen which the best way I can explain this is, um, first of all, it's a supplement. It's over-the-counter. You can get it anywhere. I get mine on Amazon. You can get it at like Whole Foods or HEB has it. Like you can get it anywhere. So adaptogens, the best way that I can explain this to you is it, it makes your highs not quite so high. Like it just sort of mellows you out. And please hear me. I am so, I already told you guys, like I can't take anything. I get so groggy. So for me to use this so regularly and love it so much and swear, I swear by it. I swear by it. I take it every single night with my supplement stack. I just take one. It's literally like basil leaf. But there is something about it that just helps me so much. In fact, this nutritionist recommended it to me a couple years ago because I was on stage so much and I was like, I'm really nervous that I'm frying my adrenal glands because I am like, if you guys have seen me on stage, I'm jumping up and down, I'm teaching for hours, I was flying all over the country and some, some situations going to other parts of the world, like it was insane. And I was really nervous about my adrenal glands. So he's like, let's get you on an adaptogen. And I just added it into my nightly stack and I didn't think about it. And then I ran out. And I didn't even know I ran out. I had like three days go by and I was freaking out. I felt like I was regressing. I was having crazy anxiety. I was so overwhelmed and I could not figure out what was going on. And guys, please hear me right now. Oftentimes when we are feeling anxious, we accept that our body is just doing whatever it's doing. But if you are feeling a way that you don't normally feel, if it's worse, if something, ask yourself what changed. Always, like, please get into the habit of this. If it's if you're having insomnia, if you're feeling really sad, if you're really angry, like if you are having a negative suffering emotion and it's like you feel like it's worse or you've been set up, like ask yourself what happened. Just literally go back in time and go, when did I start feeling this way? If you can just identify when you started feeling a certain way, it can be so powerful in helping you figure out 
why you started feeling that way. So for me, I was like, what is going on? When did I start to feel this way? Three days ago. And I was like, what happened three days ago? And I just kept unpacking, unpacking, unpacking. Like, what is it? What what changed? No, I'm still sleeping. I like I'm eating. And then I finally realized, oh my gosh, I ran out of that supplement. And honestly, I wasn't planning to buy it again. I was only taking it because I was finishing up the bottle and I hadn't noticed any change. And so that was the thing that made me realize how powerful it was for my moods. So I got back on it and I never, ever go without it. I like half my staff is on it. My mom's on it, like my sister's. Because everyone's like, what? This is like so dumb. Like a basil leaf is going to make me help. It's going to help with my anxiety. Y'all, it really, truly swear to you it does. And I will tell you, I actually just had this happen. Super honest with you. I just, this is probably five times in the last two years that I've taken a basil leaf supplement in the morning and the evening. So you can take multiple. I usually only take one, but sometimes I have days where I'm like, I'm feeling, I feel an anxiety attack coming on and I'm like, nope, we're not going to do this. And so I'll just take it in the morning and it makes me feel a little bit, a little bit groggy. That's why I take them at night. But I actually just did this the other day, coming into holiday shopping season and, you know, talking about all of our products and doing all these lives. And it's so important. The work that we're doing is so important. And our products are really important because that's what pays for my staff to have jobs. And so I knew that we needed to do our best. And I'm navigating that and navigating, you know, conversations about like divorce and just all this stuff. And I just felt myself having an anxiety attack. And I didn't even, I didn't even trip. And I didn't even like try and fight it. I was like, oh, I'm just going to have one in the morning. So it really helps. Uh, I, I think I've sold you enough. I, there's all sorts of different brands. I don't have a brand that I recommend because I think they're all the same. And obviously the basil leaf people are not paying for me to say this. I just, I really, truly believe in it. So that, if you don't get anything else out of this conversation, I feel like that piece of advice will help you. But talk to a nutritionist or talk to a doctor. Don't take medical advice from some chick you are listening to on a podcast. And the only reason I'm telling you I feel great about telling you that is it's an over-the-counter supplement. But definitely talk to your doctor if you have any questions. Okay, here's something else I want to make sure and address when it comes to anxiety. Don't be discouraged if you still have anxiety. My gut is that I am going to struggle with this in one way or another my whole life. And it's going to pop up just like it did the other day. And I'm going to handle it because I know how to handle it now. Instead of drowning inside of it and feeling like I'm stuck and I'm trapped in this body that is working against me, right? I just wanted to say that because I think when I was younger and it kept happening even after I was going to therapy or it kept happening even after I cut down on caffeine, I'd feel so discouraged because I was like, why is this still here? But go back to that idea that your nervous system is wired for the way that you're feeling. Your body knows to like go to that place. So if you've had a lifetime of your body going to this place, 
then you have to guess that it's going to take a while to rewire your thoughts and to rework your nervous system and to come up with other solutions. So I just want to encourage you to focus on what's good. Focus on what's getting better. Look, the hard parts are always going to be available. The stuff that's not working, the stuff that sucks, the stuff that feels difficult will always be available for you to focus on. But so is the good stuff. So if you had anxiety this week, but you were able to go on a walk and get a handle on it and it made you feel better or it lowered the anxiety a little bit, freaking celebrate that. That's a step in the right direction, literally and figuratively. So be graceful with yourself. And and also celebrate the fact that a lot of people won't try to circumnavigate around this. A lot of people are overwhelmed and they can't even be at the place that you're at in trying to get better. So please honor yourself in the fact that you're trying. So don't be discouraged if it keeps happening. Just ask yourself, unpack, when did I start to feel this way? What set me off? And what are some tactical things that I could do right now to feel better? The next piece of advice, I hope y'all know this already. And maybe you just need your big sister, Rach, to remind you that this is really, really, really powerful when it comes to anxiety. Move your body. Move your body, move your body, move your body. Go on a walk, dance around in the kitchen, play with your dog, play with your kids, do 20 push-ups, even if you can only do two push-ups, I swear if you try and get to 20, like it will help. When we exercise, when we get our heart rate up, we lower the cortisol levels. Cortisol is the stress hormone in your body. You lower cortisol levels. You, When you're exercising, you naturally have to take deeper breaths, which calms your heart rate, which makes you feel better. If you have ever wondered, like, why on earth did Rachel Hollis start a fitness app? Like, why on earth did I decide to do the Rise app and do workouts, which, by the way, is not my spiritual gifting? If you are Rise app users, you know. I'm up there acting like a freaking fool. I'm dancing around. I'm moving my body. I'm, like, I'm hopefully trying to make you laugh during the workouts because I like I we use a certified personal trainer so we make sure that we have the right movements and we're doing it in a safe way but at the same time I'm just up there acting like an idiot. I am not trying to be the queen of the fitness community. I am not trying to be I am not. That is not my world and I was never interested in it. The reason that I started a workout app is because I get thousands upon thousands upon thousands of DMs and emails from y'all asking me how to deal with anxiety. How do I deal with postpartum depression? How, And I get so many questions as it pertains to mental and emotional health. And there is no way that I can give one solution for hundreds of thousands of people, especially without context and without a medical degree. So I, years ago, was like, okay, what is advice that I could give people that I know for sure will help everybody, doesn't matter who they are? And the answer is exercise. It just is. It is. That's why I talk constantly about 
working out and health and the pursuit of better health is not about how you look. I don't give a crap how you look. Working out and exercise is about how you feel. Do you have the energy to keep up with the life that you want to live? Do you have the mental and emotional health to show up for your dreams, to show up for your kids, to show up for yourself? I can't give you the solutions to everything, but I know for a fact, listen to me, if you challenged yourself to move your body in whatever way feels good to you for 30 minutes every single day, not two days, not five days, seven days a week, you said part of my life is going to be moving my body. If you did that, it would have the greatest effect on your anxiety and the way that you're feeling. I promise you. And look, it doesn't have to be CrossFit. You don't have to train for a marathon. It just has to be something that you like, you like, because if you don't like doing the movement, you won't keep doing it. It has to be something that you like, and it has to be every day, and it has to get your heart rate up. So if you're on the Rise app, you already know me and Chris and Dave and PJ and Diana and Alia and Brad, we're all up in there. We're giving you workouts, 10, 20, 30 minutes. We're doing meditations with you. You can do your five to thrive checklist. You can do a 90 day challenge with us. Like there's so much content inside the app, but if that's not your style of working out, freaking do whatever. Just challenge yourself to move. One last thought is that oftentimes I have to remind myself what is true. I, I've had to do that a lot in 2020. This year has been the hardest for me personally, and it's been the hardest for me professionally. It's very, very difficult to run a company that specializes in live events when there's a pandemic. And I didn't even know that I could experience the kind of stress that I have experienced for the last nine months and continued to move forward. And I'm especially proud of that because of how much me from a decade ago would, would not have been able to function. No freaking way. Would have pulled the covers over my head, would have drank every day, would have just absolutely checked out. And so I'm proud of myself for the last nine months, but more for the 10 years that came before it of teaching myself how to deal with stuff. You know, I talk constantly about the importance of habits, constantly. I'm sure you guys are like, we get it, Rach. We need habits. I talk about it all the time. And I talk about habits not for when life is great. You establish habits when life is going well so that when life goes to hell, you have a routine and a standard that you can stick to. The habits that I developed over the last 10 years are what made it possible for me to thrive even in the midst of the most brutal year of my life. Anxiety is something that you can manage. Now, every single person listening to this has a different story and different resources and different access and different levels of pain that they're walking through. And so I'm not for one second saying that I know your particular story and how to handle what you're going through. But no matter who you are or where you are in the world, there is just a wealth 
of information online. There are books you can read. There are resources for you to get help that you need. And you might have to try a bunch of different things. You you heard several ideas from me. Pick one. Try one thing that I told you about today. Try it out for three weeks and see if it helps. You've got to do something consistently to see if there's any traction. And if it doesn't help, let it go. Try another one. If it does help, try another one anyway, because now you're stacking, you're habit stacking, you're, you're, you're piling these things on top of each other and creating a foundation for how you're going to navigate through this thing. You did not ask for these feelings and you didn't do anything to deserve these feelings, but you have got to fight, fight for a life where you can enjoy it and be peaceful and have contentment and have happiness. And there's going to be moments of stress. Of course there are. And there's going to be moments where it pops back up again. But let's focus on trying to lower the amount of time that you feel anxious and create more space between those moments of anxiousness. Let's just start there. Grab some tools that you can use the next time that you're struggling because ultimately you are in control. Anxiety makes us feel out of control. Anxiety is a liar. It makes us feel like we are not in control of our own bodies, but we are. I promise. And you are strong enough to do the work to get yourself feeling better. I hope that this was helpful for y'all. We got so many requests for it on Instagram. So I felt like it was a good one, especially during this season. If you think this podcast is helpful, please consider taking a picture, tag me so I can see and post it on social and let people know, hey, guys, this is a podcast about anxiety. And if you have anxiety, maybe it'll be helpful to you too. I love you guys. And as always and forever, I am rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production.